If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here at VCU Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. We've got a new person, a new guest at the table today. We'll talk about that in, in just a second, but we've got a great show for you today. Always at the table, to my right, the CEO and the founder of the GOAT family of brands. The GOAT Empire. The GOAT Empire. There it is. Tyler Burnett. Good to be here, fellas. Clothing line coming soon. And, and to my far left, we call him the LinkedIn Whisperer. He's the calming force to our show. You've got, you've got something that I think is, is certainly um, applicable to, uh, to our show today. I'll let you talk about that in just a second here. But he made the big drive in from Brentwood. John, John Byers, he, had, he does have a last name. We're Thank glad you. you're here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Do you want to talk about your, your uh, shirt there now well, or later? Well, our global audience knows I try to nail the shirt to the topic. And so... Very, very excited to, to introduce our guest, which we can do in a moment, Eric Moses here, who is the president of the Nashville Super Speedway. And uh, we're about to have our first NASCAR race here in almost 40 years. And this is the guy that was tasked to, oh, we'll get there, but I'm just so, I'm so excited Eric's here. So back to the shirt. It's Aaron Tippin. If you uh, are a longtime country music fan, you know him, but here's my tie to this shirt. Obviously, yeah. it's, it is, as I look at it, and I think of old NASCAR, this is what I think of. So, right, wrong, or indifferent, maybe we can talk about that later. This is what I think of. And Did you have that shirt when you were in high school? 20 years ago, I wow. had this shirt. Not this particular shirt, but oh. I'll get there in just a second. <laughs> I had this shirt when Vanessa and I got married, and it was cut off sleeves, and I would wear it to the gym to work out. Mm. It's very similar to what what uh, Aaron looks like right here. <laughs> yeah. And one day I came yeah. home to change to go to the gym, and this shirt was gone. And I said, "This was, we'd been married for maybe a week or two. And I said, where's, where's my shirt? And she said, didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was almost the end. Yeah. It was almost the end, two yeah. weeks in, and somehow – just, just um, curious here. Yeah, somehow we've made it, and she got this for my for our anniversary last year. Yeah. <laughs> she replaced it and, twenty and years later. Your favorite Aaron Tippin song is? There's so many. <laughs> There's so many to choose from. Yeah. Well, There's I'm so going to tell you my two. I'm going to tell you my two because Eric came in and said, you know, I'm really interested to see how this works together. My favorite song is from Aaron Tippin. You got to stand for something. Yes, that's which perfect. which certainly is. Uh, certainly one of the things that Eric is known for. But another one that the audience may not know is that Eric also taught at Georgetown. And so he's part of that working man's PhD, which is one yes. of Aaron Tippin's famous songs. Ah. He, he's a recovering attorney, I think. Right? <laughs> Fully recovered. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the old joke, right? I don't want to brag, but uh, I'm not an attorney. We're, 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 glad, we're glad you're here with us today. Right. I'm going to turn it over to you. Before we do that, let's make sure that we recognize Dev Digital. Yeah. A thousand projects, 1,500 clients worldwide, India, Zambia, all over the world. Right here in Nashville, in Murfreesboro, yeah, and they decided to be part of uh, 
part of our show, and, and we certainly appreciate them. They give such energy to Nashville, yeah. right? Thanks. Thanks to Dev Digital, our partners. Yeah, they do anything in your digital world, SEO, uh, anything digitally you want to put out there. Uh, check them out, devdigital.com. So it's good to good to be in the boat with them. Yeah, in the bosom. And the bosom. They are in the loving bosom, as is Eric Moses today. today. He's yeah, at entering. the table. He's we call the in. table the bosom. Why don't you kick it off with your little introduction about our, about yeah, our friend so, Eric? So excited, Eric. Thank you for being here. You're looking dapper as always. Uh, you know, we almost have this wore the same shirt, I think. But um, let me just let me say a few things about Eric, and then we're going to ask uh, you to kind of catch us up on how you got to today, how you got to Nashville. But on August 21st last year. In a very fun year, 2020, Dover Motorsports named Eric Moses the president of Nashville Super Speedway. And Eric is leading the effort, as I mentioned a moment ago, to reopen Nashville Super Speedway and host an annual NASCAR Cup Series race, which has never happened in Nashville before, right? Not since 1984 has there been a Cup Series race in this market. Wow, so almost almost 40 years. And you're the guy. Like, you're the guy they... they that went, they went all in on to bring this back. And so we're, we're going to unpack some of that today. Uh, so excited. So prior to joining Dover, uh, Eric served as the founding president of the D.C. Defenders of the XFL Professional Football League. In that role, you're responsible for all aspects of the team's business, operations, fan engagements, including ticket sales, partnerships, Probably some things you probably you need to carry over to your current role. I sold a few hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Popcorn, yep. T-shirts. And I, and I think when I, as I started reading some of this, I think the role that you're in, I mean, you're really, really a catalyst for all these things occurring and what needs to happen here in Nashville. Uh, but, but as I mentioned before, sports uh, and entertainment, you practice law and, and now a recovering, fully recovered uh, attorney. And here's what I wrote after I re- read some of your bio, and I hope you'll kind of fill in some of the gaps there. But I wrote this. Your life story is your leadership story. That's what I thought of, and I, I don't know that I can – I think we'll be able to s- explain that more as we walk through it, but I that's what I thought of as I continued to read this. I thought, man, the different and unique leadership roles that you've had, your life stories, your leadership story. So it's an honor to have you here. Thank you for, for joining, and catch us up. Tell us a little bit about your story over the next few minutes. How would you get to today? Well, I appreciate you guys having me. I can already tell we're going to have a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Um so it's a long story, so I'll try to make it uh, short and, and, and not boring. Um, you know, I started off as an attorney, uh, you know, buying and selling TV and radio stations for commercial broadcast clients in Washington, D.C. back in the, the mid-90s. Enjoyed that, but didn't know whether or not I wanted to be a partner in a law firm when I grew up. Uh, I had had friends who were partners in law firms and had been practicing law for many years tell me that, uh, becoming a partner in a law firm is like winning a pie eating contest when the reward is more pie. <laughs> and so I, I didn't know if I like pie that much. Yeah. So I uh, started looking around, and this was not to date myself too much, but this was when you know, it was the rise of the Internet. right? And I wanted to figure out what was that next great thing and mm. where could I go and learn about that and, and try to be kind of at least on curve, if not ahead of the curve. And at that time, AOL had announced that they were buying Time Warner, one of the most venerable entertainment companies mm-hmm. in the country, uh, to, to make the largest entertainment and media company on the planet at that time. Uh, and I thought, well, that's probably a good place to learn about this whole Internet thing and, and figure out what's going on in the culture. Uh, so went there, practiced law for three years with some really smart people and some really interesting products and services. And then 
moved over to the business side, which was great. You know, I, I liked practicing law, but felt like it restricted what I could bring to bear um, in a way that, that, that I didn't want. And so moving over to the business side allowed me to kind of bring my full self. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, and then after that kind of jumped off a cliff and, and, and tried to be an entrepreneur, I learned a lot and made very little money. And, yeah. and my wife went, yeah, so that's not going to work. That's let's, a hobby. Let's, yeah, let's figure <laughs> out how to maybe get some more money coming back in here. Right. Um, and then went into the government's employee for a while and spent about 10 years as a sports commissioner in Washington, D.C., XFL, and then here. So that, that's the abridged version. So that, that abridged version, we got to unpack just, just for a moment because what I want to know, like when you start – the XFL team, the DC Defenders, and maybe that's some some very similar lessons of what you're learning over the, the few months you've been in Nashville, almost a year, coming up on a year now. Um, what what kind of lessons have you learned along the way? I mean, maybe specifically in those those two areas, but others, the more broad area, fill in that that gap for us. So, I mean, the XFL was a startup. It was a startup team and a startup league, and so that was the the similarity. I always say to people is that. Then and now, we're kind of building the plane while we fly it. Yeah. Right? And so you're not walking into something that is uh, fully formed and there's a way of doing everything that you must get done. Uh, we have tight timelines, ambitious goals, uh, and are doing a lot of this stuff for the very first time. And you like that. I do like it, although there are days when I question whether I'm a glutton for punishment or a fool, and I haven't yet figured out which. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's equal parts. Yeah, of a little both. of both. Yeah. 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 Um, plan plan like and it. not enough time, right? Yeah. That's how yeah. everything gets done. Yeah. I do. Like a buddy of mine said to me, we were having this conversation about a month ago, and he said, you got to stop saying that. Like You have plenty of time to do what you need to do. you got to stop saying that, and your team can't hear you say that because people will buy into that. Mm-hmm. And to your point about leadership, I mean, leadership is about, in my mind, being able to be uh, honest and candid with people that you want to follow you because they can sniff out in inauthentic folks, yeah. um, but also being able to put forward the kind of you know public face, if you will, that helps people to to be more hopeful, to be more inspired and committed, or what have you. And so that was a good check for him to tell me, you know. Stop, stop, stop doing it that way. Don't define it that way. You have plenty of time. You're going to get it done. This is no different than what you did with the XFL. You felt the same way. You were telling us the same things. Oh, my God, there's not enough time. We've got all this to do. I've got the first game of the league. We're on ABC at 2 o'clock on a wow. Saturday after the Super Bowl. This is the biggest commercial for the league that we'll have our first game, probably our biggest audience. No pressure, right? right. And so, and that went really, really well. And so... I don't have any reason to believe that this won't go really, really well as well. Is part of that having this sense of urgency? Is, is you have a sense of urgency and you want people around you to have that same sense of urgency? I do. Um, the, the challenge, I think, with that is often that people respond differently under pressure. Mm. And so, you know, it's like the, 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 the way they used to talk about Joe Montana. Yeah. And how when the rush was coming, his heart rate would, would come down yeah. so that he could see the wow. entire playing field and make the right decision at the right time. Yep. You want people who can do that. And because I recognize everybody can't do that, I have to do that. Yeah. Right? I can't be stressed because you know this isn't going right or this is not the way we planned it. I have to be able to say, okay, that's fine. Moving on to this thing. And everybody, let's go come along. And so It's called heart rate variability, right? That sounds good. HRV. Like yeah, it's a measure. It's like a measure that. on the on the whoop. It's a measuring to- tool. Uh, I'm on with a few doctors, buddies okay. of mine, and 
and their HRV, one guy's 15, one guy's 30, mine's 194. Okay. So what, what it means in HRV is do you have the ability for your heart to slow down and speed up when yep. you need it to? And yep. I think that's what you're talking about. Yep. And my variability can be is so, so broad. It can really go up high and it can really slow down. Yep. I didn't even know that was a thing until I got to this group and, and, and got this – I think it's called a whoop is what it's called. Okay. And it measures your sleep. It measures your strain. It the measures whoop factor. Your, there's a, a, there's probably rate. a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, my, cool. wife, my wife says Tyler's her favorite um, <laughs> host on this show. So um, it's probably worth a whole conversation. But the yeah. heart rate variability and how that applies to exactly what you just shared. I mean, understanding people respond differently under pressure. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he talks about Joe Montana, who is a goat. So I need he to, was one of my goats in the episode. That he, moment, that moment it, where he, they're in the Super Bowl. You weren't even born. So? <laughs> Just don't mention, don't mention anything about Dwight Clark. That, that, <laughs> please. That moment where he's in the Super Bowl and there's like 30 seconds left and, and they're all lined up on like their own three-yard line and his lineman's in there and they're like, what's he going to call? And he looks over and he says, Look, it's John Candy. Yeah. Mm. yeah and then he turns story. around, drives 97 yards, one of the greatest drives of all time, wins the Super Bowl. He, and he is a GOAT. And, and i, I got to make sure that I say that, that one of the things we do, and, and certainly we're already doing it now, and Eric's just jumped right in, is we serve it up in a way that you can get it. Yeah. We're like Waffle House. That's what we want to do is serve it up in a way that you can get it. Uh, number two, we're about stages of life and career. 20s, we get in the game. 30s, we move up in the game. 40s, we try to stay in the game because those 30-year-olds are so damn good. Yeah. In our 50s, we say, what is it that I really want? And then obviously it's about the GOAT, or the greatest of all time. In sports, just like Montana, it's easy to see. Not Dwight Clark, but Montana, it's easy to see. In sports, it's people that are recognized for their greatness, and what they do elevates the game and the people around them. But in business, and that's why we asked Eric to join us today, it's someone that competes on unique perspective, mm-hmm. unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy. It creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And every step of the way in your career, that seems to be what, what's transpired for you is new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And so, John, I'm going to let you jump right in from there since I was able to set the stage, as we always do, and I'll let you uh, fire off the first round of questions to to our friend Eric today. Yeah, well, we're going to here in just a second ask you to uh, define your goat. That's one of the way we honor our guests and then share a goat, of course. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But one just quick thought I had as you were sharing your story, and you've used this pie analogy in several different ways. And one of the things that I've heard you say is there's plenty of pie and we can make the pie bigger. I've heard you share that as you've talked about coming into the role of Nashville, that you, where you are today, formerly being with the D.C. Defenders. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And like, How do you sell that mission and that, that vision to people? Because we have the scarcity mindset, and that just seems very abundant, and I love it. Yeah, I think it, it has to do with rejecting this notion that life is a zero-sum game. And, you know, for, for me to do well, I got to get more chips or more value out of your stack and into mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think as it relates to most things, there's enough and probably even more than enough for everybody. And in business, I think that happens to be the case a lot. And so... You know, I get asked, not to jump ahead too much, but, but I get asked a lot about the fairground speedway downtown Nashville and how we feel about, oh, if that comes back and they have a Cup Series race down there, how's that going to affect your business? My view is that there are enough NASCAR fans, there's enough demand, there's enough interest, that there's enough for all of us. Mm-hmm. Let's make the pie bigger. 
Yeah. Let's make let's make certain there are more NASCAR fans. There are more people. Yeah, let's educate this market even more. Yeah, it's like oh, short track down there, longer track out here. Let's let's do it. So that that's the way I I kind of try to look at things. It's like we don't have to hoard information or hoard resources or 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 have that scarcity mindset. There are ways that we should look first to work together to see if we can increase the size of the pie, and then everybody gets slices that are enough for them. Yeah. That's funny. When I first I started that. working with Colby, that was the biggest thing we talked about. Yeah. Is that I called it the win-win relationship, which, I mean, so many people do. But that's the biggest thing we talked about is that my goal is to make the pie bigger mm-hmm. for myself and everybody else around me. Right. So I love that mindset, too. So you're driving down the road and your phone rings or you're at home and your phone rings and they say, hey, we know you've done all this other stuff, but we, we, we want you to pack up and we want you to move to Nashville and by the way, we've we've tried to do this before, but for some reason, we got some things right. We didn't get other things right. And, and you're the guy to get this right for us. You hang up the phone and, and you say what to yourself? Mm. Um, so it, it didn't happen exactly like that, but 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 kinda. Um, I was intrigued. You know, frankly, I'm, I'm I I wasn't a NASCAR fan. I know a little bit about a lot of things and a and a lot about sports generally especially the business of sports. I was always interested in NASCAR and I knew about Dale and Dale Jr. and King and, you know. Um, So I thought, I I love Nashville, had been here half a dozen times um, starting in 2016, always liked this city. Um, What'd you come for? We, in 2016, my sister and I brought our parents here uh, to celebrate their 40th wedding anniversary. Mm, awesome. Oh, wow. um, and so, and it happened to be when the NHL All-Star Game was here. And so I oh, knew wow. guys from the NHL, awesome. so I got a chance to kind of do a little bit with that. But I just liked, I liked the place. I'd spent a lot of time in the previous years of my, in my job in D.C. going to South by Southwest in Austin. Mm. And when I first got here, I went, oh, this is like Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, good food, good music. Young people, creative economy, yeah. you know, like I, I enjoyed it a lot. And having been born in North Carolina, having been educated there, one year high school, college, law school, I consider myself a son of the South. And so coming back to the South was, mm-hmm. was like a cool thing. Um, that said, I thought uh, NASCAR had a lot of room for someone like me who wants to come and bring a slightly different perspective hopefully creative and innovative ways to think about things mm. to it. Got uh, unique education, unique experience. experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. One of the things that, that I took away from your bio, it, it's launch, develop, and create. Yeah. That seems to be a constant theme in every stage of your career. What do you hope to launch, develop, and create here? Uh, certainly one of the best, if not the best, NASCAR track on the circuit. Yep. Um, so, so, so a highly visible track. Yep. Highly visible one that people feel like uh, their expectations are met, if not exceeded. And every time they, they come and visit us, yep. uh, what we are ultimately asking people to do is to invest their most precious resource with us. And that's their time. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, you have to earn that again and again and again. So the way that you treat people when, when you're hosting them uh, and what you offer them and the way that you think about uh, the, the experience that they have. Um, is really important, so I want to do that. And I want to make this all that it can be our venue for Middle Tennessee and for the state. And so that means it's not just about a NASCAR weekend once a year. It's about the kid shows that we can do and the family events and the holiday festivals and the the, uh, 
bourbon and bacon festivals and yes. you know yeah <laughs> yes twice yes um, yeah. bourbon yes, and bacon yes yes please um so it, it's about really making this a, a full year uh you know live events venue uh that can host all manner of things and that the community will will appreciate yeah god i'm so excited about it okay so we got to talk about we're going to come back to this topic this it and really sets the stage for um, if, if you'll hang out with us a little longer here in just a few minutes, we'll, we'll continue to unpack this. NASCAR could use someone like me. So we're going to talk more about that. But one of the ways that we honor our guests is we ask them to give us their definition of a GOAT. So would love for you to share with the audience what that definition, definition is, and then what GOAT did you bring to, to the table? Like these, these two kept me up all night. So I'm going to cheat. I had to write it down in order to make certain that okay. I, I, I got this right. We so I think in, in defining a GOAT, um, what I came up with is, is that it's someone who has distinguished themselves in such an obvious way that anyone who knows them immediately associates that specific expertise, proficiency, or uniqueness with that person, oh. right? So we all know when you think about MJ, that dude is the ultimate Absolutely. competitor. Right. We know when we think about Brady or uh, Bill Russell, ultimate winners. Right. Just look at the rings. Yeah. Um, when I think about somebody like Elon Musk, who is pushing the boundaries of the way that we think about things in business and technology and, and giving people what they want, which may be kind of out of left field for the rest of us. You know, he's somebody I think is a goat. Um, Can you read the, say the definition again? Because I thought that was really good. So someone that has distinguished themselves in such an obvious way that anyone who knows them immediately associates that specific expertise, proficiency, or uniqueness with that person. Hmm. So it's not like, you know, I, I meet a person, I go, oh, no, I, I, you know, he's a, really, he's a really great dad. And, the other, and everybody else says, oh, no, but he's a, he's a um, you know, I think of, of him as a really great golfer or something like that. It's this one thing that everybody hmm. knows, like, Oh, if I know this guy, yeah, that's the thing. He's a that's, turf guy. That's the thing about right. He's a turf guy. Yeah, <laughs> guys are always talking about turf. Lives turf, you know, something like that. Doesn't mean that. that that's all you are. Obviously, people are, are more than just one dimensional, but 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 that thing rises to the top when when anybody thinks about you. Mm. Well done. So were 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 those your goats? The, I, I had so many, you know. So you know NASCAR. So Richard Petty. And yes, not just because 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 he's the king because he won, but for what he did to transform mm. the sport and to bring it to the masses, and to be that exact right ambassador for the sport at the exact right time that it needed it um, to help the sport become what it is. Dave Chappelle, just because I think he's the best oh, to ever he's do it. So good. I think, and he's from DC. He's the best to ever do it. He's so smart and he's just so subversive and um, and so funny storytelling. He's just <laughs> he's just the best. And selfishly, my mom. I think mm. my mom is probably the most thoughtful and empathetic person I've ever known. We're approaching Mother's Day, so I think that fits right in. There you go. See? There you well, go. I'll just say I, I also, I'm not surprised that you said Petty because that was mine also, and we're just so much alike. Um, <laughs> I know you stole my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well played. But I, I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of their stats, uh, and I think you're right. And, and really, I think his true goatness is what he did and how he changed the sport. But I will say, in addition to that, he had seven cup championships, which is the most of all time, or tied. Jimmy Johnson's got seven, too. Okay, so it's tied for the most of all time. 200 cup wins, which is the most of all time. 
27 wins in one season, the most of all time, 1,027 starts, the most of all time, 10 consecutive wins, the most of all time, and seven-time Daytona winner, which is also the most of all time. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. I mean, nobody has ever done it better. And I will tell you, similar to what you described, the reason that he's a GOAT for me is that when I think about growing up, and I've only met maybe three GOATs that we've actually – that I've shared about on the show of our 35 episodes. And one of those was my grandpa, John McCraney, and he was a NASCAR lover, loved it. And so growing up, when I would watch NASCAR with him, I would think of Petty. And so that's why he's the GOAT for me. Yes, for all the obvious things that we just talked about, but for what he did in our relationship and the nostalgia that I feel – and, and a lot of what you described, what he did for the sport, he did that for, for me growing up. Yeah, and, um, you know, I have reason to believe he will be at our race. Uh, his people called me, and, and oh, I, wow. will, I will admit I got a little bit, like, you know, giddy I bet. About, about the king coming out. Um, everyone that I've talked to in the sport who knows him and has spent any time around him talks about how this guy, who was obviously the best person to ever do it in the sport, treats every single person the same way. Mm. You know, how he would sit around after races for hours at a time to sign every single autograph for every single person. You know, and this was when he was at the height of his powers. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that's a special person. And and, and, and NASCAR needed that at that time in order to become the thing that, that, mm. that it is or that it has become. So I am, am super excited about meeting him, hopefully, during Father's Day weekend. Why was now the right time? Why was now the right time to for me to do this and for for you to do this and for NASCAR to do this? Um, so you know, I work for Dover Motorsports, and they they own you know the Monster Mile in Delaware, and and this and this track too. We're an independent um, track owner, um, and we work obviously hand in hand with NASCAR as a sanctioning body. Sure. Um, I think NASCAR has distinguished itself over the last year and a half, two years, in in a lot of ways. Uh, first and foremost, the way that they responded to the COVID-19 pandemic, being the first sport to kind of finish our 2020 season mm-hmm. as it was uh, scheduled uh, originally, getting people back in the stands, getting competitors back on the track uh, safely uh, was just remarkable. And then what they've done on kind of social issues and the stances they've taken on prog- – mm-hmm. call them progressive, but you yeah. know, just issues that affect our country and, and who we are as a people – um, I think they've been on the right side of history there. And that's more important when there's something at risk, right? And so the stances that they took, I think, showed that they were willing to put their values forward, even if that meant potentially in the short term it could cost you money or cost you fans um, or cause controversy. And so it made it made the decision for me easier to know that I was joining uh, an ecosystem, if you will, and an industry that had that kind of leadership in it. <clears throat> Great answer. That's good. Yeah. I think Help, it's worth following up. It helps me understand it. You know, we're going we're gonna to take a break here, and if you don't mind, we'd love for you to, uh, to stay with us. I think in the, uh, in the next episode, we'll talk about how you could graduate from both Duke and North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. And, and tell us uh, who do you cheer for when they, they play each other and um, – and uh, who your favorite coach is between the, the legends that they have at both schools. Um, stick around for uh, part two of uh, a great conversation with Eric Moses. For Tyler and John and for Eric, uh, I'm Colby Jubinville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Um.